If we were to list the most important days in the church year, I would think that we would likely have basic agreement about the major ones. There's Christmas, the day on which we are most likely to think about the Incarnation as we celebrate Jesus' birth and the story of God's entry into human flesh. We remember that the person of Jesus was fully and totally human. We think of the ways that Christmas carols kind of hold that intention, the idea that God could be a baby, fully human and yet fully divine, fully God. Along with Christmas, we certainly note the significance of Holy Week, which we just experienced about six weeks ago. Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. During those days, of course, we reflect on the way Jesus suffered. We remember his crucifixion, his death, and the glories of his resurrection, all inside of those three days. This represents, of course, the center of our faith. And while Easter is the date that secures so much of who we are, you can't have Easter without Good Friday, or Monday, Thursday, or Christmas. There may be a date that holds similar significance to Christmas, a Good Friday, a Monday, Thursday. We don't usually think of the ascension of Jesus in that realm of importance. It's not usually up there with Christmas or Good Friday, but there's a case to be made that it should be. If Christmas is the day that God took on humanity, it was the event of the ascension in which Jesus took humanity back to heaven. The ascension in many ways was the culmination of Jesus' work on earth. Here are these words from Acts 1. In fact, I, I do have a slide that I'll put up with the passage that we'll read. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his sufferings by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. 
And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. O Lord, as we consider these words, we pray that you would give us wisdom. Give us also hearts willing to act in obedience to you. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. You know, in the life and death and resurrection and ascension of the Lord Jesus, he did not just temporarily take on some sort of shell of humanity. Jesus' body was more than a shell. His flesh and blood weren't just some sort of a marionette through which the divine pulled strings that made him act. God became man. The infinite, all-powerful creator of everything we see or know, bigger than anything we could imagine, was there in physical form. Though outside of time... God himself stepped into finite time. Amazing as that is, because humanity was created in the image of God, it should be no surprise that the image of God and God himself should end up being one and the same. The finite of a human body contained the infinite in its entirety. That is the miracle of the incarnation. That Jesus was both fully God and fully human simultaneously. But that humanity of Jesus was lived out in perfection. That was true because of Jesus' deity. Sometimes we want to separate the two out and make distinctions between the two. And it's helpful for us, I think, in terms of our own understanding. But the two were completely intertwined. The laws that Jesus discussed and the kingdom that he proclaimed were fulfilled perfectly in the human Jesus. Because he is just as human as you and me, he has every right to represent humanity Before God. And that finite humanity meant that he could stand rightfully in our place. Remember what Romans talks about? Just as sin entered the world through one man, Adam, the representation of all, so also grace enters the world through one man. So the humanity of Jesus was vitally important. And we see that in the early church arguments about whether Jesus really was human. The teachings of Scripture and the work of the church fathers led to the conclusion that, yes, he was, and it is vital for our understanding of salvation to grasp that fact. His infinite divinity meant that he had no sins of his own, and therefore his life and death was a sufficient payment to cover all of ours. And this is the reason, this this incarnation is why we celebrate Christmas and Monday, Thursday and Good Friday and Easter Sunday and Ascension Sunday as well. Following Jesus, life, death 
and resurrection. Jesus' work, at least his work on earth, was not yet fully complete. There was one job left, and that was to bring the finite humanity that his body represented back to heaven, back into the infinite Godhead. I've reflected before, I think probably from this pulpit, about Christmas Day being a time of great joy on earth. But within the Trinity, there had to be a sense of at least temporary loss. As Jesus, the Son, was now on earth. And then, of course, that leads up to Jesus' cry from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But his ascension, his ascension brings back together in its fullness the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus ascended into heaven in the flesh. And in that act, humanity became inseparably a part of God. This link occurred most clearly in that moment of ascension we read about in Acts just a moment ago. On that day, the disciples asked Jesus, did you catch what they were worried about? When are you going to restore the kingdom? (laughs) Jesus, having defeated sin and death and hell in his resurrection, had been teaching them for 40 days and He's wrapping things up, giving his final lecture, as it were, and they're asking him essentially the same question they were asking during his ministry. When are we going to be politically free? When is the promises made to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David and all the way down going to be fulfilled? In many ways, their question was too limited. Their request was too small. Because it implied that the kingdom of heaven that Jesus had instituted had to exist within the constraints of time and space. It was like the kingdom of God was somehow limited to an age or a time or a a country or a nation. Even though the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is made up of us, finite people living in a finite world. We find our foundation in an infinite God. The restoration that God brought was the restoration of the true image of who God is. And when humanity became a part of God, God also again became a part of humanity and of his creation. It's important that the whole of our understanding of the gospel includes the ascension of Jesus. Because Jesus doesn't ascend into heaven alone. By his ascension, Jesus completes the link between creation and the eternal kingdom of God. Between creation and heaven. He brings humanity with him, and that includes Us. That is part of what our faith believes. That we too look forward to life after death. And do we know exactly what that all entails or or what our bodies will be like? We don't. 
But we can be certain. We can be certain that it will be good and it will be right. Jesus' life represents the redemption of the human physical experience. Forty days after Easter would have actually been last week. I think it would have been last Thursday. When Jesus ascends. Think about the reaction of the disciples. After having seen him, having seen him crucified. And then he's back, resurrected. He does have some abilities that he didn't really seem to employ beforehand, like coming through locked doors on Easter night and a week later. But he begins to teach the disciples and restore people like Peter who had left him during his time of crucifixion and and no doubt they thought they they thought that now now jesus i mean who could stop him now on earth they tried to kill him and that didn't work so they were just waiting for him to set up his his earthly kingdom and then whoop he ascends he ascends but he ascended with a promise to them that he was not leaving them alone the ascension is linked just as the ascension linked creation to heaven the ascension is linked also to the promise of the coming of the spirit which we'll celebrate next sunday pentecost sunday the events of the ascension and pentecost linked humanity to heaven and divinity to earth for all of eternity it was fulfilled in the promise of the spirit that meant the disciples were not abandoned or alone Because of this, we too remember on this Ascension Sunday, our guidance and strength comes from the Spirit that lives within us. And we too are not left alone. Oh God, we do thank you.